Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team with no in-season management. Get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, sign up with promo code FSE, and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code FSE and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down the 2023 rookie class. This is kind of like a first look. We're into redraft season now, but we can't forget about Dynasty and the 2023 rookie class. In my COVID state the past week, I've had plenty of time to dig into these prospects ahead of the college football season. So today I'm going to break down all the top prospects by doing a 2023 rookie mock draft, two rounds with each guy. I'm going to bring up some key metrics that they scored well in all available on Patreon. This whole database that I'm getting this from will be available over there. So if you are a member over there, that'll be posted today. If you're not uh, link is in the description down below, but if you have plenty of 2023 firsts in some of your dynasty leagues, this video is definitely for you. So along with all the metrics that I bring up, I'm also going to bring up some of the questions that these guys have to answer for us this college football season, because they're not perfect prospects as much as we like to look ahead to uh, future years, uh, rookie classes and think that all these guys are going to be great. They definitely do have some question marks around them. So without further ado, as always, like, comment, subscribe if you enjoy. Now it's at the intro. Okay, so the first pick, and I'll show these kind of as I go along, in the Dynasty Superflex Rookie Mock Draft for 2023, two-round edition is Bijan Robinson, running back from the Texas Longhorns. Bijan Robinson is just an ironclad running back prospect as they get. Prototype size, athleticism, 40% tackles avoided per attempt last year as a sophomore, ultra-elusive running back, a 10% target share as a true sophomore, elite draft capital incoming. It sounds like NFL scouts are just as high on Bijan Robinson as us fantasy players are. The only question mark that he has right now is health because he didn't stay healthy throughout the season last year. It was a wrist injury, not anything that we're too concerned about, but I have a bet on him winning the Heisman Trophy this year. I think if he closed out the season strong last year, he might have actually had a chance to win it in 2021. So at uh, you know 50 to 1 odds or whatever the odds that I got on him, I will definitely take that. So Bijan Robinson, clear 101, really no question marks uh, to his game. He's he's a borderline perfect running back prospect. So number two, 102 off the board is Bryce Young. And since this is super flex, I gravitate towards the high draft capital quarterbacks. And with Bryce Young, this season is quite simple. He won the Heisman last year, continuous high level of play, 10.0 adjusted yards per attempt last season as a uh, sophomore quarterback. Those are elite numbers. That's what, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson were doing a couple of years ago. The only question that you could have with Bryce Young is his size, because I mean, height wise, I think we're a little past the like five foot 10, five foot 11 quarterbacks being too small to play in the NFL. Once Kyler Murray got drafted number one overall, I think that went out the window. But what I'm concerned for is his weight because he's listed at 5'11", 
11, 194. And Kyler Murray was, you know, five foot 10, but he was a, a thick dude. He was like uh, 200, 205 pounds or whatever. So if Bryce Young wants to, you know, quiet some of those concerns, he'll probably have to weigh in pretty heavy at the NFL combine or at his pro day or whatever the case is. So uh, with Bryce Young, definitely have some weight concerns. But other than that, I mean, he's just a great quarterback prospect. So I expect him to be, you know, top five NFL draft pick. And anytime you got a guy like that, uh, top five draft capital can provide a little bit with his legs. He'll probably be a high uh, super flex rookie pick as well. The 2023 class. So uh, 103 is the other major quarterback in this class. CJ Stroud quarterback for the Ohio state Buckeyes. CJ Stroud doesn't have any size concerns. He's six foot three, uh, 215 pounds, which will cause probably some NFL teams to favor him over Bryce young because of the size concerns that they're going to have with him. His adjusted yards per attempt was 11.4, which is an absolutely absurd number. That's like hundredth percentile, 99th percentile type of number, 130.8 QBR last year. He's a great passer. And he got a lot better as the season went along. I know uh, Move the Sticks podcast talked about him getting better as the season went along. The issue for us fantasy players for why CJ Stroud isn't necessarily, you know, a Trevor Lawrence level quarterback prospect or something is because he doesn't run. He only had 72 rushing yards last year and zero touchdowns. If he can provide anything on the ground this year, he has the ability to be an elite quarterback prospect. He doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, a Konami code guy, but he just needs to show a little bit more out of structure. He's pretty much a pure pocket passer as it stands right now. And maybe they'll, you know, force him to run a little bit more with some of his receivers moving off to the NFL. I mean, he still has Travion Henderson and he still has, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba to throw to. But for the most part, I want to see him, you know, do a little bit more with his legs if we're going to take this guy very highly in rookie drafts. Otherwise, he might get stapled with, a, you know, Mac Jones treatment from a couple of years ago. So uh, 104 is his teammate, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And there's not much to say about him. Wide receiver from the Ohio State Buckeyes. He is in borderline Jamar Chase territory already on paper, especially because when you just think about it, uh, you know, common sense wise, this dude outproduced two top 12 picks at wide receiver on his team. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both had less yards, less targets than Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is a sophomore wide receiver last year. He is absolutely a freak of nature from a production standpoint on paper. He wasn't even a full-time player last year. He had 28.14% targets per route run, which ranks third in this class, despite the guys he was competing for targets with. If he had been less, you know, targeted or whatever, like we kind of explained away with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave this time last year, um, I would understand that. But Jackson Smith and Jigba just thoroughly outproduced those guys. His only knock right now is that he was an 89% slot receiver. With Olave and Wilson gone, Hopefully JSN plays more on the outside because if he does and, um, you know, he's able to produce at the same level he was able to produce at playing primarily out of the slot, this could easily be, you know, a Bolitnikoff season for him. Top five, top 10 overall NFL draft pick, similar to what we saw from Jamar Chase a couple of years ago. So uh, JSN, a prospect that I think is going to be very high on NFL teams boards, very high on fantasy players boards as well. Normally we don't want to favor, you know, wide receiver prospects over running back prospects if they're equal, but JSN's just in a different level in my opinion. So 105, another wide receiver prospect, Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC, played at Pittsburgh the last two years. He's basically the wide receiver version of Bryce Young. Superstar season last year. And in my opinion, he made Kenny Pickett. Every Kenny Pickett highlight tape that you watch is pretty much a Jordan Addison highlight tape as well because Jordan Addison made so many plays for Kenny Pickett to make him look like such a great quarterback. Without Jordan Addison, Kenny Pickett does not have that season that he had last year. So uh, Addison transfers to USC to play with Caleb Williams, who transferred over from Oklahoma. I mean, he could have went to Texas, but whatever. I'm not uh, salty about that at all. His only question for me with Jordan Addison is his size. It looks like another Devontae Smith situation developing before our eyes as well, because he's listed at six foot 
175 pounds. And hopefully he puts on some size to crack 185, 190 pounds so we don't have to deal with this bullshit again. But Jordan Addison is a phenomenal receiver. I watched a lot of Jordan Addison when I was watching Kenny Pickett for this year's draft, and I know for a fact that this dude can play. And with USC and uh, potential Heisman contender uh, quarterback with Caleb Williams, I think this is going to be another special season for Jordan Addison. He might be one of the first receivers to win back-to-back Bolitnikoff since I believe Michael Crabtree was the last guy to do that. So uh, I really have high hopes for Jordan Addison this year. He is my 105 as it currently stands. 106 is probably going to surprise some of you because uh, this guy is not as high on most people's boards as he is mine. But I have Sean Tucker running back for Syracuse. He reminds me of like a Chris Carsony, Nick Chubb type Javante Williams. Like he just has so many good traits of all those players. He might even have more juice than all of those guys too because he has some legitimate speed. The reason I have him this high and ahead of Jameer Gibbs, who's uh, most consensus-wise the RB2 in this class, is because he's got less question marks than Jameer Gibbs. Because, you know, 1,500 rushing yards last year, 6.1 yards per carry, 8.3% target share, which is really good for a bigger back, five foot 10, 210, 215 pounds. He's got three down upside, and he has very little question marks behind his name. I'd love to see him compete uh, a little bit more as a receiver if he could get more uh, targets on the field. That's pretty much the only question mark I have about him, though, because he had a very productive season last year. As a true sophomore, I expect him to be very good again this year and be, you know, at least a second round pick in the NFL draft, if not maybe a late first round pick after a great season. So Sean Tucker, 106 for me, just a very, very safe running back prospect. I could see him being, you know, a Javante Williams level prospect come next year. My 107 is Kayshawn Boutte, wide receiver from the LSU Tigers. He has alpha wide receiver upside, um, and he's definitely proven that. He leads the class in terms of his share of his team's touchdowns. When he was on the field last year, he was just scoring touchdowns left, right, and center. I believe he had nine of 17 touchdowns for the LSU Tigers when he was on the field. Why I have him lower is basically due to injury concerns. He suffered like a partially torn Achilles um, last year. I believe it wasn't like an outright tear, but it is definitely a concern for him. And his ability to command targets hasn't fully been on display yet. He's got like a, you know, 21% target share in his career, um, but hasn't been, you know, a 28, 29, 30% target share monster like, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison have been in their career. So what I want to see out of him this year is number one, stay healthy. And number two, command more targets than 21 and a half percent, which is what he had uh, last year. So hopefully uh, Keyshawn Boutte, if he's able to do that, I mean, he's got the prototype alpha size that those other two guys don't. So it's possible that he ends up being the wide receiver one in this class when it's all said and done. 108 is Jameer Gibbs, and I, I think a lot of people will have him a lot higher than this. I have him lower than most people because despite his like great numbers and he looks really good on tape, a lot of people think he looks like Alvin Kamara. I definitely agree that they're stylistically like the same type of player. 12.5% target share, 27% targets per route run, but here's the issue. This guy is listed at like 195 pounds, maybe 200 soaking wet, according to most listings that you've seen. I don't really give a fuck how good of a prospect a guy is. If he is that small, it's an uphill battle to be more than a committee running back at that size. And he's also pretty tall, too. So he's 5'11", 195 pounds. He'll probably go bonkers at Alabama this year. He transferred away from Georgia Tech. I think his weigh-in will probably be the biggest story of the NFL Combine because if he can crack you know, 205, 210 pounds, he's the Andre Swift 2.0 in my opinion. But if he's you know, 5'11", 195 pounds at the Combine, that's a problem 
for the NFL because, you know, we haven't seen too many running backs under 200 pounds that are RB1 caliber guys. And usually when they are, they need to be, you know, elite receiving backs, which Jameer Gibbs definitely has the ability to be, but you don't want to only have that path to RB1 potential. So uh, Jameer Gibbs, if he was, if you told me right now he was 210 pounds, he'd probably be the 102, 103, 104 in this class. But the size concern is definitely uh, real for me. So uh, the next pick that we have here is 109. Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. He isn't, you know, Kyle Pitts level of prospect, but he is definitely a TJ Hawkinson level of prospect. 22% target share is a true sophomore, 95 targets, 840 yards, seven touchdowns at Notre Dame this past year. He's a great tight end prospect, and he'll probably be a top 20 pick in the NFL draft to boot. And at playing a position like tight end, that's definitely really great draft capital. He's a really safe projection, in my opinion, which is why I'm comfortable having him here at 109. Maybe he doesn't go this high in actual rookie drafts by the time we get there, but I do think in tight end premium or something like that, he would definitely go this high. So uh, the next pick here, 110 is Zach Evans. And Zach Evans is probably the first like risky player that I have on this list because Zach Evans was more, more or less just misused at TCU for the last two seasons. Uh, he transfers to Ole Miss. Now he needs to be able to carry a full workload. Could be this year's Kenneth Walker if there was a guy that, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, even though, you know, people know who Zach Evans is. Um, came out of nowhere from like no production and started producing at a high, high level, maybe like a Heisman candidate running back. I think Zach Evans could definitely be that guy. He was the number two running back recruit in the 2019 running back class behind only Bijan Robinson. So he definitely has ability. He's got good size, five, you know, 10, 212 pounds. He definitely has the ability to be a great NFL running back prospect if he can produce this year at Ole Miss. The 111 in this draft is Will Levis, uh, who's an older prospect. He's going to be about 24 years old on draft day next year, but he is projected to be a first-round quarterback, according to most NFL scouts that I've seen. NFL mock draft database has him about a mid-first-round pick, and he had 516 rushing yards and nine touchdowns last year. So he has some ability to move with his legs, and he has good size, six foot three, you know, 220 pounds or whatever. So. Uh, Will Levis is definitely an interesting prospect. The only problem with him, like I said, is that he's older and he's losing Wandell Robinson this year uh, from that Kentucky passing game. So if he's able to still produce at a high level without Wandale, um, considering he's like an older prospect, I think he's going to get a lot of NFL draft hype. So if he's, you know, first round quarterback, that definitely, um, you know, gets you excited about drafting him at the back end of the first round of rookie drafts. So um, he has the chance to make the big two quarterbacks into a big three with a big season this year. So uh, the final pick of the first round is Josh Downs, wide receiver from uh, North Carolina. He has an awesome profile so far as a sophomore this past year, 144 targets, 1,335 yards and eight touchdowns with a 38% target share as a true sophomore. He was pretty much the only guy that Sam Howell could rely on this past year. The only issue with Josh Downs is number one, how does he do without Sam Howell? Because he went off to the NFL. Number two, he's really small. He's five foot 10, 180 pounds, and he looks maybe even smaller than that. Number three, 95% of the time he played from the slot. So there's question marks with Josh Downs' game. If he was six foot two, 215 pounds, and he played on the outside, his profile's ironclad. But the problem is that he's a shifty slot receiver who just gets kind of force fed targets. I've seen his film. Uh, through watching Sam Howell this past year, who was my quarterback one in the class. So I definitely watched a lot of Sam Howell. So I know what Josh Downs can do. But in my opinion, if he's able to have another great season this year, he's going to be in like the Elijah Moore, Tyler Lockett, Jahan Dotson territory as far as, you know, what kind of prospect and what kind of player we can expect at the next level. I'll definitely go a bit faster for the second round, but the first pick that we have here at 201 is Quinton Johnston, wide receiver from TCU. Johnston kind of has like a George Pickens feel to me. He's six foot four, 195 pounds, so tall, slender type of receiver. Doesn't separate all that well. 
great in contested situations from what I've read from other people that have watched his tape. People are also scarred by TCU wideouts as well because of Josh Doxson and Jalen Rager in recent years. People are starting to helmet scout uh, Quinton Johnson just a little bit. Um, but he does need to develop a little bit more of a complete game, improve as a route runner, command a little bit more targets this year. But for the most part, seems like a pretty solid bet to be like a day two wide receiver prospect. Uh, 202 is my favorite sleeper quarterback of the class in KJ Jefferson. 99 carries, 803 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns last year for Arkansas. Go along with a 21 to four touchdown to interception ratio. He had the third highest QBR in this class behind only CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. So he's basically what people want Anthony Richardson from Florida to be, in my opinion. The easy comp for uh, KJ Jefferson is because he wears number one. He kind of reminds you of a little bit of Jalen Hurts, but he's six foot three, 245 pounds. So he's bigger than Jalen Hurts as well. He's got like, you know, Dak Prescott type of size, even though he's a little bit taller. The question for him is how does he look as a passer without Traylon Burks on that team this year? If he can take a step, he could definitely be the next, you know, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts. And in this class with with guys that don't run a whole lot um, with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, it's possible that this dude could work his, his way into like the top five overall picks in Superflex drafts once we get there this time next year. So uh, definitely an interesting prospect, in my opinion. 203 is Tank Bigsby running back from Auburn. Down season for Bigsby in 2021. No more Bo Nix in town, thank God. Uh, but hopefully Tank Bigsby can recapture what we saw from him as a freshman because he was really good as a freshman. He'll be a true junior this year. Good size, six foot, 208. But I want to see him be more of a difference maker because he didn't really look that good this past year. Plus, he got to get involved as a receiver, uh, in my opinion, as well. He wasn't really that involved in the passing game either. So uh, 204 is Zach Charbonnet, who probably should have came out last year. Probably would have been like the consensus RB3 behind the top two guys if he did. Six foot one, 220 pounds, running back for UCLA. Uh, good size, 32.16% tackles avoided per attempt. Second highest PFF rushing grade in the class, only behind um, Deuce Vaughn, I believe. And I'd like to see more receiving work out of him as well as a senior because he's got to improve somewhere. He should have came out last year. And if he doesn't, you know, improve either as a runner or as a receiver, it'll probably make him coming back for his senior season kind of a stupid decision. But uh, we'll have to see what happens with Zach Charbonnet because I think, you know, he's a good prospect and he should be, uh, you know, the type of guy that you can get early to mid second round with your 2023 seconds if you guys have been loading up on those type of picks. 205, Devon A. Chain running back from the Texas A&M Aggies. Probably the fastest player in this class. If you guys, you know, were in on the Isaiah Spiller debates all over Twitter this offseason, you probably know who Devon A. Chain is. He's a speed back, kind of like a Raheem Moser type. But the issue with Devon A. Chain is that, number one, we have to see what he looks like with a full workload because he was splitting time with Isaiah Spiller for most of his career so far. And number two, how big is he? Because he's listed at five foot nine, 185 pounds because he's short. He can get away with being like 200 to 205 pounds, but it's definitely going to be an issue for him. If he's only 190, 185 pounds going into the NFL, because he's probably limited to a committee back at that point. And at that point, I probably would not spend an early second round or a mid second round pick on him. Um, if he's just going to be a committee back at the next level. At 206, we got Rakeem Jarrett, wide receiver from Maryland. Uh, Jarrett's got a solid game and decent numbers, but I'd like to see him get a better market share of his offense because he only had an 18.4% target share last year, 20.93% dominator. So not a guy that was commanding a huge share of his offense, but if he can take a step, he's got good size, six foot, 200 pounds. Just like to see him uh, establish himself more as like a number one wide receiver. I know it's a lazy comp, but he kind of does look like DJ Moore out there uh, who also went to Maryland. So um, he's kind of an interesting guy that could be like a break out candidate this year at 207 we have Dwayne McBride uh running back from UAB uh this is a sleeper running back alert I don't really know who this guy is I didn't know who he is until I saw his metrics but his metrics are really good five foot 11 215 pounds so he's got good size 
37% tackles avoided per attempt, which was second only to B. John Robinson in this class. He's got good speed rushing for 1,366 yards and 13 touchdowns last year on only 204 carries. He's a true junior this year. So he's not some like red shirt, senior small school running back prospect. The question for him is that he only had a 2% target share. So he's not involved in the passing game at all. If he could take a step as a receiver though, he could be a great small school prospect uh, for you guys to get in like the mid second round of drafts next year. I watched a little bit of highlight tape on him. He looks like he's got some juice. He looks kind of like a, you know, a Chris Carson type of running back. So definitely an interesting guy in the mid second round. And then we got another sleeper here, sleeper wide receiver alert, Jacob Cohen wide receiver from UTEP. And again, I didn't know who this guy was, but his metrics are also really good. He's a smaller guy, five foot 11, 170 pounds. So that's definitely an issue, but 30% target share, nearly four yards per route run, 3.73 yards per team pass attempts, which was one of the highest in the class. And he dominated his offense's production. So a guy that I think maybe not a, uh, the 208 might be a little early for him, but a guy that'll probably be a good like third round rookie pick who was very productive in college. So 209, Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. AR-15 was a dope nickname before he decided to change it, but he definitely has a lot of upside. Only 63 pass attempts last year, and he's never started a season at quarterback, but he has a chance to become a Konami code prospect if he's able to you know take a step as a passer but the only problem that I have with you know some people saying that they would take him out like the back of the first round is that he was not good as a passer when he got an opportunity 58.9 PFF passing grades six to five touchdown to uh, to interception ratio 6.6 adjusted yards per attempt he's kind of like the Malik Willis of this class except Malik Willis I would argue is an even a better passer in his first year starting than what we've seen from AR 15 so far so I mean, this is not looking good for him as a passer, but if he can take a big step this year, it's definitely possible that he could become, you know, a late ascension first round type of quarterback. And then a couple more guys that I'm just going to speed through here. 210, Tyler Van Dyke, another projected, you know, back of the first round caliber quarterback started as a red shirt freshman last year, 9.8 adjusted yards per attempt, fourth in the class behind CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and KJ Jefferson, 25 to six touchdown interception ratio could take a, a big step as a passer in 2022, not a rushing quarterback though, either more of a pocket passer. So not a ton of like Konami code guys in this class outside of uh, KJ Jefferson and Anthony Richardson. Most of these guys are more so pocket passers. Um, and then 211 Parker Washington kind of gives me like David Bell vibes. Um, he's five foot 11. He's 212 pounds. A guy that commanded 21% targets per route run. I'd love to see him capture a bigger market share of his offense. Um, with Jahan Dotson now off to the NFL, the, the clear number one in that team. So um, Parker Washington could take a huge step in his junior season. Definitely like his outlook. And then finally, 212, Jermaine Burton wasn't productive at all at Georgia. Transfers to Alabama. Could be this year's Jamison Williams with those guys gone to the NFL. He's catching passes for Bryce Young, so he always has upside. So that's the whole you know top two rounds of the 2023 class. Like I said, if you guys want access to these databases, they will be posted on Patreon. There's plenty of metrics more than I even mentioned in this video. couple final takeaways from this draft class, because, you know, we always hear things like, Oh, the 2023 class is so strong. It's so deep. It's so great. Here are my real takeaways after having dug into the class a little bit more in depth than just like the surface level analysis that we've been doing to this point. The class is strong. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely strong at the top of each position. We have great quarterback prospects with the top two. We have, you know, a really good running back prospect at the top and then a couple good ones after him. There's a couple good wide receivers, there's like three or four really good wide receiver prospects. And then there's a great tight end prospect as well. But the quarterback class is depending on guys like Will Levis and KJ uh, Jefferson and Anthony Richardson and Tyler Van Dyke as depth. So it could either be a shallow quarterback class which just those top two guys, or if most of those guys can take a step forward, it could be a deep quarterback class. So it's kind of, 
you know, up for debate if the quarterback class is going to be good. The running back class is kind of the same thing. There's a lot of decent running back prospects after Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Sean Tucker that could make the running back class really strong or could make it fall off pretty quickly. So we'll have to see what plays out there. And then there's a lot of undersized prospects in this class. Bryce Young, a quarterback, Jameer Gibbs, Jordan Addison, Josh Downs, Devon A-Chain, Deuce Vaughn, who I didn't even talk about in this mock draft because he's like 172 pounds at running back. There's a lot of undersized players in this class. So that'll definitely be an interesting narrative that plays out through next Dynasty offseason is talking about all these undersized dudes as well. So um, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'm still powering through COVID. So if you made it to this point in the video, leave a like, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Again, we're in redraft season, but I wanted to throw out a Dynasty video before we get full, full-fledged into the month of August and make sure you guys uh, to follow all the news that's happening in training camp. Make sure you follow us over there on TikTok. A lot of those videos popping off. Really appreciate you guys uh, for the support. Uh, but with that being said, peace out and I'll talk to you soon.